0: Listen to these words that Jesus may have even used on this night that call us into worship, that call us around that intimate setting that Jesus, our Savior, invites us to. He said, come to me, all of you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May we recognize the very true nature of that as we respond to Jesus' invitation. Listen to what happened on this night long ago And yet as current as this night, because God's love is so perfect and faithful. John tells us in the 13th chapter, the first 20 verses. Now before the festival of the Passover, which will begin tomorrow, as I mentioned. Jesus knew that his hour had come. To depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it in the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, Got up from table and took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. Jesus came to Simon Peter and he said to him, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, you do not know what I am doing, but later you'll understand. Peter said to Jesus, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to Jesus, Lord, not not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is entirely clean. And you you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him for this reason. He said, Not all of you are clean. After Jesus had washed their feet, had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set for you an example that you also should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. I am not speaking to all of you. I know whom I have chosen. But it is to fulfill the scripture, the one who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. I tell you this now before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe that I am He. Very truly, I tell you whoever receives one whom I sent receives me, and whoever receives me receives him who sent me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May God take this very powerful moment then and bring it to now. And may we honor God as we listen and live into this word. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come speak to our hearts through the power of your Holy Spirit now. And wash us as only you can for your glory. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Seems to me we are, we are a people of list makers. In our heads and outwardly, we record things and experiences we think we need. I've gotta have this, I've gotta have that. Whether it's going to the grocery store or the department store or in relationships, we seem to have a running list. And even if we haven't written it down, we've made a list in here and in our heads. And we may not be so honest to think of it this way, but the reality is we all do it. We all have those lists that we get a little bit or a lot anxious about. And my my favorite parody of this is from the old movie, The Jerk, where Steve Martin is, is saying, I don't need you. He's breaking up with his girlfriend. She's breaking up with him. He says, I don't need you. I don't need anything. All I need is this ashtray. That's all I need. And of course, this thermos. That's all I need. And this rubber paddle ball paddle. That's all I need. And he goes on and on for five minutes. And finally, he's walking off the set and he's forgotten to buckle his pants and they're down around his ankles and he's got the water cooler, and the thermos, and the ashtray, and 47 other things. And he says, I don't need anything. (laughs) I don't need anything. It's beautiful, it really is. It's it's comic, but it's beautiful. Because it so describes our human condition. We are the world saying we don't need anything. And on a more theological level, there is used to scrub. Do you kids know about C.S. Lewis? Chronicles of Narnia. Miss Nancy sh- show you that. Well, Eustace Scrub was a boy in C.S. Lewis's The Chronicles of Narnia who had been all about himself. And as a result of that, you know what he'd become? A dragon. And he'd grown very tired of being a dragon. And he didn't want to be a dragon anymore. So he thought it was kind of like a Halloween costume. That he could just take off, so he started to take it off, and he realized dragons are like snakes. So one layer comes off, and guess what's underneath? Another one, just like another, like a snake. So he took that one off, and guess what was underneath that? More. This is starting to sound like a dragon, or us. And finally, the lion comes. Aslan the lion, who is we all know really is who? Jesus. He says, if you don't want to be a dragon anymore, you will have to let me take your skin off. I will have to be the one. And Eustace was very, very afraid to do that. But he knew it was the only way, and he desperately no longer wanted to be a dragon. And so he let the lion take his long, sharp, Claws and cut deep, deep, deep into his skin, deeper than he ever had gone himself, deeper than he ever could have gone by himself. And the lion ripped all of that skin off and took the entire dragon skin off. And underneath, you know what there was? A little boy. Just a boy. And he picked him up and he threw him into the basin the lake, the pond, the water, of that stinging baptism of renewal of life. And it hurt like everything, but it also felt very, very good because he knew, finally, he was free. That's something we can all relate to. We've all been and all are, in many ways, dragons that we can't undo ourselves. We can't undragon ourselves just like we can't wash our own feet. Oh, we think we could wash our own feet, but the fact of the matter is what really needs to be washed is what we prayed about tonight. It's a place we can't quite reach. It's a place inside us that we can't get to. It's deeper than anything we've ever thought of before or are willing to go to or able to go to. And Jesus showed us on this night that what we need is to know how to die. We need to know how to die to that old self, to no longer be a dragon or to want not to be a dragon, and to let others do the same, and to not tell them, oh, it's really all right, you look fine as a dragon, I like you as a dragon, but rather to say, you're right, you need not to be a dragon, and there's only one who can undragon you. And we need to do that both spiritually and physically so that we and those around us can inherit and point to the reason Jesus came to this night for us. All we need, all any of us needs is to have our feet washed so that we can wash the feet of someone else. All we need is for Jesus to peel off all of our sinfulness, our resistance to being loved, all of our hiding. And that means hearing Jesus say, only I can do in you and to you what you need. How ready are we to hear that? How ready are we to hear Jesus say, that doesn't look good on you, that dragon outfit, that sin, that brokenness, and only I can do anything about it. It is letting Jesus not only define what that outfit is, but then to do to us what is needed. That's what this night is about. That's what being a Christian is about, is realizing that we cannot do to ourselves what needs to be done. We need to be forgiven. We need to be made into new people. That is all we need. (laughs) Isn't that simple? How complicated we make life. That is all we need. We do not need a thermos or an ashtray or a paddle ball. We need only to be made into a new person. The only complicated part of that is us complicating it by saying, I'll do it myself. It is what having our feet washed is all about. You see, if you really know you have everything, you don't worry about giving away anything. If you know you have everything, you don't worry about giving away whatever is needed or whatever needs to be let go of. And the way we realize we have everything, this is very interesting, it's what this night is about. The way we realize we have everything is by having Jesus take off of us everything we think we need. Everything we think we need to make us feel good or protected. Think about it. On this night, what did Jesus do? He took off everything. In a culture where modesty was everything, he took things off to say, I don't need anything to stand in between you and me. And he used what little he had left to dry and wipe the feet of those that he loved. So to have our feet washed today is just as humbling as it was then, maybe more so because we've gotten so out of practice at taking things off. We've gotten very good at covering ourselves up and putting layers of image on or pretending that we don't really have anything that we need. Oh, I don't need anything except this ashtray. At least then, in those days, they acknowledged the literal need. Their feet were dirty. They'd been walking around in sandals and stepping in a lot of stuff. But what Jesus did, and what Jesus was in saying, washing, I need to wash your feet, is here's your truest need. This is what's missing in your life. And Peter who was pretty thick-headed, finally starts to get it, and and he, he says, you know what? If a little is good, give me some more. I'll take 55 gallons of that stuff. But that isn't it. What Jesus does with us is to say, I know the part of you you think you can't let go. I know the part of you you think you can't say... I need to have this forgiven. The The mentor of C.S. Lewis, imagine him having a mentor. We all stand on the shoulders of someone until we realize we all stand on the shoulders of Jesus. The mentor, George McDonald once wrote of, of what foot washing comes down to when he wrote about what our lives are. And, and I look at my young friends here and, and I look at some who are not as young. And I, I think these words come Right down to it. He said, well, may this body poorer, feebler grow. May may this body wear out. I want this body to wear out. You kids are pretty young. You don't don't look like you're going to wear out anytime too soon. (laughs) But even you need to be able to say, along with my 95-year-old friend, Let it wear out, let it wear out. Why? So that love with absolute faith would come together. I know God loves me and I trust in that and I can let this body go because I know he has me. God takes the inmost garments off of his child. Not our t-shirts, not our jeans, but what's wrapped around our hearts that's keeping us from loving and being loved. God takes the inmost garments off his child to have him in his arms, naked and undefiled. God doesn't want anything to stand in between you and me, and that's what Jesus did when he washed feet. He said, I've got to cleanse you, and I'm going to show you what cleansing looks like. There can be no barrier. The Father and I are one. There's nothing standing between The Father and and me, Jesus said, and now between you and me. I've got to wash your feet. There's there's a reason that the, the number one recurrent nightmare is going to school on the first day. And you know what it is? Showing up in your underwear. That's the number one recurrent nightmare people have. And of this, David Roper has said, As we get over ourselves, anybody know what that's about, getting over yourself? We're left with God alone. When we get over ourselves, we are left with God alone, which, after all, is God's final intention for us. God wants us completely uncovered. His eternal aim is to bring us to the place where All that we have is our desire for God. That's all we've got, is to want God. There and only there will we find the satisfaction we've been looking for all our lives. And that's why, kids, that's why Mrs. Nancy is always wanting you to know Jesus so much right now. So that all your lives, all you will want is Jesus. And there's a bunch of grown-ups here tonight who will tell you that's the only thing that matters. As a friend of mine once put it, I, I had no idea what I was missing until all I had left was God. I had no idea what I was missing until everything else was gone and all I had was God. Because when I have Jesus, I don't need anything. And knowing that it was time for him to transfer and go to the Father, Jesus loved his friends to the utmost, he says, to the end, more than any love had ever been known. Jesus wasn't like, oh, I'm just going to get out of here, so I'll see you all later. No. He knew that he was transferring to the next step. Why? To be the bridge for us to get home to be the the bridge for that gap we all need. Jesus said, you know what? When I wash your feet, you are cleansed. What I have done for you is therapeutic. It's cleansed you from deep within. It's far more than all the junk that was on your toes and in between your toes. It has taken away the need to get clean because you're clean from the inside out. You're free from infection. You're free from that itch to try to make yourself clean or good or right. I have made you clean. And what I've done to you, Jesus says, you need to do that to others. You tell them that I want to wash their feet, I want to make them clean. You show them your cleansing. You show them that the only thing you need is me, Jesus said. So tonight as we get ready to come to this table, how do we need to be cleansed so that we can risk entering the world in Jesus' name and do the same? What do we need to let go of? What are we afraid to let go of? That is what Jesus came to make possible. So may he wash our feet tonight and an act that is new for us and sets us free to die in order to live and to live in order to show other people the cleansing gift that lets us die and live to eternal life. And may we come in God's power, not on our own, to let this happen tonight as an entrance into forever. May we no longer be dragons. May we no longer be carrying around the water cooler but may we carry in our hearts the love of Jesus Christ that will not let us go and that has washed us forever. Amen. Set this table. And as he did, he said, people are going to come from south and from north, from east west to sit at table in the kingdom of God. You know what that means? It means they're going to come from as many places of experience and age and the need to be cleansed as there are people. And he invited every single one of us to be here. You don't need to be a member of this church or this congregation to be at this table. One thing Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. All who humbly put their trust in Jesus Christ, who want to be undragoned and delivered from the burden of their sin and have their feet washed, are not only invited, but encouraged to come here to this table, that together we may all look at one another and say, Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. That is true for you. You're not only invited, you're encouraged to come. That here together we may find that. As we hear the Apostle Paul, who was very much a dragon for the longest time, say, I have received of the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that our Lord Jesus on the night in which he was betrayed took bread and he blessed it and broke it, and he gave it to his disciples. As I ministering in his name, give this bread to you. And he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and he poured it out and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. All of you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Let us pray. Lord Jesus says, we are gathered here because your Holy Spirit has drawn us here. We do praise you for washing our feet for breaking this bread that is your body, for pouring out this cup that is your blood shed for us as a marker that you were willing to give everything to make us new people and to give us all we would ever need by giving us yourself. Lord, transform these elements as you transform us to be a reflection of your amazing grace. For your glory we pray. Lord Jesus, in your name, amen. Tonight, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper by inviting you to come forward. And you'll come on the respective sides. Deacons Dale and Sandy Hatchell will be here on my right. I'll invite them to come at this time to take the cup and the loaf. Deacon Kay Keaton will join me here on my left, your right. And we invite you to come, Karen will play softly, to come and receive this amazing gift of Jesus Christ washing our feet. Come and receive. And He took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and he began to be grieved and agitated. And after going a little farther, Jesus threw himself on the ground and prayed, Father, if it is possible for this cup to pass from me, let it do so. Yet not what I want, but what you want. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not stay awake with me for one hour? Stay awake and pray. That you may not come into the time of trial. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, Jesus went away for the second time and prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. is here. While Jesus was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, and with him was a large crowd with swords and clubs from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Arrest him. At once, he came up to Jesus and said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. Jesus said to him, Friend, do what you are here to do. At that hour, Jesus said to the crowds, have you come out with swords and clubs to arrest me as though I were a bandit or a criminal? Day after day I sat in the temple teaching, and you did not arrest me. But all this has taken place so that the scripture of the prophets may be fulfilled. Then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Simon Peter and another disciple followed Jesus. Since that disciple, John, was known to the high priest, he went with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest, but Peter was standing outside at the gate. So the other disciple who was known to the high priest went out, spoke to the woman who guarded the gate, and brought Peter in. The woman said to Peter, You are not also one of this man's disciples, are you? Peter said, I am not. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They asked him, are you not also one of his disciples, aren't you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, "Did, did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the cock crowed. Jesus said, No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. go in peace, knowing that the God of the universe loves you so much that he not only let this night happen, he made this night happen, that we might be with him forever. Go in that peace and in silence, pondering this great gift until we meet again to celebrate that resurrection promise. Good night.